When I first started the company, it was kind of scary because I the thought of not having a paycheck that was being generated by someone else was was kind of scary, but I never focused on okay, how many people do I have out there working? What are they making? How much money am I bringing in? How much am I I never looked at that. I always really looked at okay, I just placed this person and they're working out. Now who else can I help? Hi there, and welcome back to Behind the Business, a Butler County Business Matters podcast. My name is Lauren, and today I am talking with Lisa Gard, the founder and owner of Specialized Staffing and Industry Recruiters in Butler. In 1996, she took the leap and started her own staffing company. Her mother gave her a fax machine. She had an office in the basement of an office building. And now she has her own building, five employees and she has spent the better part of over uh, two decades going on three placing local people with local companies in this episode we discuss why she got into the staffing industry how her company has grown over the years and the importance of having a support system when taking the leap to being your own boss It's an extremely insightful episode, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Without much ado, let's begin. Hi, I'm Lisa Gard. I own Specialized Staffing and Industry Recruiters, headquartered in Butler, Pennsylvania. I'm talking to you today for a couple of reasons. One, to talk about staffing, uh, your business, but also to talk about you. I wanted to know why... Why did you get into staffing? Because are you a people person? Do you like helping people? Is it something completely off the wall? Yeah, good question. So when I was in college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I graduated. So when when I did graduate that very day, I went to what was then called a temp service. And I applied for work because I really just didn't know what I wanted to do. So my first assignment was actually, this is kind of funny. My first assignment was with a real estate office that they had me typing real estate um, transactions, contracts. And I was so nervous and I knew I messed it up so bad. That night I went home and the temp agency called me and said, "Um, look, you don't need to go back tomorrow, right? So (laughs) I know I was devastated, but I was so nervous. But the next job they sent me to, I interviewed for, and it was to work as a secretary in what was then called the personnel department of a company. And I landed that job and I absolutely loved it. They, they handed me a job description and they handed me a bunch of resumes that had come in, in in response to an ad. And they said, look at this job description and just like the words that match on the resumes, highlight them, you know, so typing transcription, whatever, electronics. It was an electronics company. So I would do that. And the resumes with the most highlighted words were like the A pile, and then there was the B pile, and then there was the C pile. So, you know, when you look back at it, I was a human search engine, if you think about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) I was a human search engine. But I found that very interesting. And I stayed with that company for a very long time. And after a couple of years, 
of screening those resumes, they taught me how to make phone calls out to applicants and screen them over the phone, ask some screening questions, and determine which candidates were the best to bring in to interview. And then after a while, I got to actually do the initial interviews. And I really enjoyed that. I ended up leaving there. I went to a few other companies. I worked my way up in the field of human resources up to all the way to the position of HR director for a company. But I always really liked the hiring process. What, I, what really jazzed me about it was talking to people and determining which one would be the best fit, bringing them in and seeing them succeed in a position and seeing how their success helped the company succeed. So I really, really liked that. And eventually... I left HR and I took a job as a recruiter for another firm in Pittsburgh. And I really liked that. And after a while, back in 1996, actually, that firm was acquired. And as a result of that, I went off on my own and I started recruiting just myself, just from home. And that's kind of how the company was started. It, it was very successful and I grew very rapidly. I hired other employees. I hired recruiters to help me. And it just, it evolved into a company. I never really meant to start a staffing firm. I just was recruiting because I liked it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it was by accident, I guess. I'm, I'm just trying to think how, well, how quickly does it take for recruiting it out of hand when you're one person? Like, was it like you had 10 people or did you have a hundred and then you had to hire more people? Yeah, that was, it happened kind of quick. So I was hiring for a few companies at first, just a few companies. But when I got up to about 25 employees out there, it was a little too much for me to handle because it was just me. So I was out looking for new customers and I was also interviewing and filling those temporary positions. And then during the week, I was also you know, responding to employee relations issues or somebody called off or somebody was having a problem. And then I was also doing payroll. And it was kind of funny because I was still working from home. So I would run ads over the weekend. And this is so funny. I can tell by looking at you, you're not old enough to remember this, but my mom bought me a fax machine when I started my company. It was a big, giant piece of equipment that sat in my spare bedroom with my compact Presario computer. And so I would run paper ads and the phone would start to ring Monday morning and I would go in and start answering it. And it would be people applying for work for those ads. And I used to schedule them to interview at the what used to be the unemployment office on Cunningham Street. So on Mondays, I would answer all these phone calls. On Tuesdays, I would interview all these people at the unemployment office. On Wednesday, I would do payroll. And on Thursday, I used to take the paychecks to the post office on my bicycle. It was like my big, it was my kudos to myself for owning a business. That was what I did. I, I took an extra hour and rode the, the paychecks to the Valencia post office on my bike. But, <laughs> But what I would do every afternoon, though, was I would call potential clients, potential customers. So I was doing sales in the afternoon, recruiting in the morning, payroll on Wednesdays. And it just, it was crazy. But let's see, I actually started the company in July of 97. And 
I think by the end of 1998, I had to run an office space. I rented a little basement office in the Holly Point building right on Main Street here. And every couple of years, we had to hire another person and we would, the landlord would bust through the wall into another office for us. And then eventually in 2003, I bought the building we're in now on Main Street. I was coming back from lunch one day and I saw this building for sale and I thought, you know, instead of continuing to bust down the walls in the Holly Point building, maybe I should just buy my own building. So that's what we did. Like at some point you might make the building unstable if you grow too big. (laughs) Yeah. Or we just kept paying more and more in rent. And I thought, well, why do that? Why not buy a building? And then you'll have something when you're done, you know, you'll have an asset. So that's what we did. So why did you stay in Butler? That's a good question. So Butler, when I first started my client base, because of the recruiting firm I worked for, most of my customers were in Terenum, Catanning, um, like the North Pittsburgh region, Gibsonia, Richland, and then all the way over to Cranberry. So, and I lived in Valencia. So when I was looking for an office, when I was looking for office space to rent, Butler was a very cost-effective way to get an office. And I was interviewing candidates at the Butler unemployment office. So that's how I ended up in Butler. And then my grandmother lived in Butler. So I spent a lot of time here when I was a kid, even though I grew up just north of Pittsburgh. So I was familiar with Butler. And we ended up buying a home in Butler up in Center Township. And it just, I don't know, it just became our home base. It was kind of central for us and it worked well. And we were able to really establish a very firm client base right here locally. And that's not something you would ever leave. You don't want to be in Pittsburgh. You like small town hiring space? Well, we, so my company really specializes in working with small to medium-sized companies that are privately held. And the reason we like to do that is because we really want to work with the decision makers. We want to work with the owners who understand the value we bring to the table. We're, and a lot of the companies closer to Pittsburgh were much larger companies where we were dealing more with like the purchasing department. And it's all about yeah. So it was more about the relationship. I mean, you, your first question to me was what got me into this? And it's that I really loved the process of seeing somebody join an organization, be successful, and see how that organization is more successful as a result. And you don't really get to see that in such a large organization that you're just, you're a vendor, you're removed from that process. I really like partnering with my customers and everybody that works for me shares that enthusiasm. So kind of by default, the companies we work with, although there are a lot of very large companies here in Butler, but um, it just, it, it really was more a matter of that's where our client base organically grew. So if you're able to say this, I know there might be some level of privacy. Who has been your best placement? Huh. My best placement. Actually, I want to say my best placements have been the ones that we've hired internally. <laughs> we have we have some great employees that work for us. So Paula, who is my right hand, I hired her in 2001. She's still with me. Oh, wow. And I don't know what I would do 
to try to run this company without her. Now, I also then hired Stella, who is one of our recruiters in 2004. And so she's been with me for a long time too. And all of my customers that work with her absolutely love her. In fact, I have customers who probably don't know who I am. They call and they deal with Stella. Like I, I develop the business, but then I hand them over to the recruiter who's going to manage that project. And if there are no problems, typically I don't have to step in. And so many of them just go directly to her because she does such a great job for them. So she's been a great placement. And then Joey... Lurch Gordon, who was another recruiter, started with me a year later in 2005. And again, her client, she gets so much repeat business because she's so awesome for her clients. Um, and then um, lastly, we hired Linda and we hired her probably almost 10 years ago as an administrative assistant. And I don't know what I would do. I wouldn't know where I was supposed to be right now if it wasn't for Linda. <laughs> So those were those were some really awesome placements. Um, and I would have to say, you know, every placement we make is so important. And we we strive to keep in touch with our customers and see how those placements are working out. And it really jazzes us to hear from somebody years later that they're still where we place them and they love it. It's funny, I was calling. I was calling around to new businesses. This was before COVID hit. And I was just making random sales calls. And I was calling this company and I was talking to this girl. And she's my contact there. And she said, you know, your company placed me here. Stella placed me here over 10 years ago. And so she was. She actually became my customer. And I can't tell you how many people we've placed that end up becoming our customers. That is amazing. It's, it's, it speaks to the power of your business that people are staying there for years and then literally coming back and saying, yes, you, I want you to help me hire another me. Yeah. Yeah. And it happens. It does. And it does speak to that enthusiasm I was talking about, about being interested in the actual person being successful. When I first started the company, it was kind of scary because I, the thought of not having a paycheck that was being generated by someone else was was kind of scary. But I never focused on, okay, how many people do I have out there working? What are they making? How much money am I bringing in? How much am I... I never looked at that. I always really looked at, okay, I just placed this person and they're working out. Now, who else can I help? And it was funny because... I would always get like a thank you card from an employee who I placed. And it meant more to me to get that thank you card than it ever meant to get the check from the company. So it, it dawned on me years later that all I had to do was keep focusing on the next thank you card and the money would follow. So that's, and that's how everybody that works for me is. We are so much more interested in making people succeed than we are in collecting the check. But the more success stories we have, then, you know, the more the money. You get. Is, yeah. So it works. So how did you learn to trust yourself? Because I feel like that's a really big jump for people starting a business. They always think about the money and it seems like you basically went, okay, my, everything's covered you had to really trust yourself that you'd be able to figure it out. How did you do that? I had a good 
support system. Um, my parents, it was so funny. I remember the first time I said to my mom, I'm thinking about quitting my job and starting a business. The first thing she said to me was, what if you fail? <laughs> and I went, well, it's funny you should ask that because the first thing I did when I decided to start a business was I went to the library and I got a book on how to start a business. And the first page said, congratulations, you're thinking about starting your own business. Be prepared to fail. That Those were the first words I read. And I thought, okay, so I did a lot of time thinking about what would happen if I failed. And I thought about the worst case scenario. What would that be? I would have to put a resume together and go find another job. And would I like it? I don't know, maybe not. But could I do it? Yeah. So my parents were very supportive, though. I said my mom said that, but she's the one who went out and bought me the fax machine. <laughs> it got me started. But my dad was very encouraging. And also, I, my husband was super encouraging. He, I'm a very confident person. And I think about how, how high my confidence level is, but his was even higher. And when I said, I want to quit my job to do this, he didn't bat an eye. He said, great, that's great. You know, so that kind of support system and knowing that he had my back, it, it worked well. So that's how I learned to, to trust myself. And I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And so it was a little scary at first, but it didn't take me long to realize, hey, I can do this. So right now, how many people do you have on staff? It sounded like five. Is there anyone else? Yeah, no, there are five of us right now. There were eight of us at one time, but we decided to pare down to our core team. And together, we, we're the five who've been together almost since the beginning of the company. And with us five, we just do so well together. And what's really cool now too, with COVID and we all had to go remote, we're all pretty local. We can all be at the office in five minutes. So we do gather like once a week we get together either at the office or we'll actually meet at, this is so funny, since it's nice out now, we meet at Alameda Park and we'll have lunch and we'll hike. We'll go for a hiking meeting and we'll talk about the projects we're working on and how things are going in general. And then we'll go to a shelter and have lunch and we'll take notes and any follow-up actions that are required. And then we go our separate ways. So, you know, it works out really well that way with just the five of us. And it's, it, we just seem to have been very successful with that. Are the Alameda lunches going to stay as a thing once COVID is over? Because that sounds fun. Absolutely. We love it. We absolutely love it. And, you know, we launched, this is so crazy. We, we launched an effort to go remote before COVID hit. Actually, in 2018, we replaced all of the desktops with laptops. Because again, remember, I started my company from home. I know I don't need to be tethered to an office. I need to be available when my customers and my candidates need me. With a smartphone and a laptop, I'm available 24-7. So I don't need to be tethered to my office. So I know that's possible. My team expressed an interest in some remote working. So we decided to go ahead and do that. And at the end of every year, we sit down and we talk about what goals we want to set for the following year. And one of our goals... At the end of 2019, one, one of our goals for 2020 was to go remote. 
How crazy is that? I, I blame so, you guys now. It's your fault. I don't know because I'm the person who I wash my car right now and I guarantee you in an hour it'll be raining even though there's not a cloud in the sky. But seriously, so we got Microsoft, we got the package, Teams, everything was you know ready to go, but we never really figured out how to use it. And I was in Florida actually in March when this all happened. And I got a text message from Paula saying, hey, we have 24 hours to like close the office down. And so I, I texted her and I said, well, tell everybody to take their laptops home. And tomorrow morning, we have, we have a meeting every morning at 840. It's, it's a huddle meeting where we talk about what went well the day before, what our goal is for today and what barriers we have. It's a real quick meeting. But I said, tell everybody to take their laptops home. And tomorrow at 840, you figure out how we're going to do the huddle on Microsoft Teams. So that next morning, we all looked like the Partridge family, like on, you know, little squares on the, on the computer screen. And, but we never looked back. We went remote that day and like people went into the office and got their things little by little. And by the time I got back, the office was kind of emptied out. It looked like we evacuated. There were like little, little clues that people had been there. It was kind of creepy and sad at the same time, but we have never missed a morning huddle. We've seen each other every morning since that day. And then again, we get together normally once or twice a, a week or twice a month or once a week we get together. So we've really not skipped much of a beat. So your team works remote. Are you mm-hmm. meeting clients remote? I mean, like the people you're actually uh, sending out to companies or are you meeting in person now? And is there a difference? It depends. Yeah. It was all remote through the pandemic. It was all remote. Now we, we will meet people face to face if we need to, and we will meet clients face to face when we need to. And I have done it and we have done it, but for the most part, we are doing it remote using video technology. There's so much new technology now to help people through this, you know, all of this, like with hiring people, you have the whole onboarding process. You have, you have forms that need completed and you have signatures and you have to verify information, ID, things like that. And their technology has, has evolved to the point where all of this can be done remotely. And our clients, most of our clients are still interviewing remotely as well. What's, what's the difference you think? Is it a good difference for people to be doing all of this remotely? Is there a different feeling from being able to talk to someone in person that you can get that you can't get through a screen? For sure. And there are some things about this that are positive and there are some things about this that really aren't. It's just different now. And while we have the capacity to meet people face-to-face, there definitely is a difference. And I know I enjoy meeting people either way, but it's good to keep that option there. You know, we still do have the office. We still can't meet face-to-face. I still go out and I meet our customers face-to-face. So as that's changing, as it's getting kind of back, because I don't know what you're hearing, but I'm hearing from a lot of the companies we work with that a lot of them are back to work. They're back on site, but they're still offering the option to telecommute at least part of the time. And so people have accepted and adapted to this new, you know, using this new technology video and, you know, doing things remotely. 
because people have been unemployed for so long and there is a bit of a safety net, people are actually using it to spend the time to find the right job or to go to a recruiter to find the right job instead of just getting a job. What do you think about Mm -hmm. people doing that? So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Actually, if you have the luxury to take your time and find the right opportunity, I think you should do that. But my fear is this. If you want to take a little extra time to make sure you're finding the right position, that's one thing. But if you're taking the extra time because you're just making more on unemployment and your kids are home and it's a convenience, think about when this goes away. And it will. How flooded the labor market is going to be with people who are doing exactly the same thing. There's going to be a lot more competition when this unemployment ends. Um, So I think it is very wise to keep your eyes and ears open now because it may take a month or two months or three months to find that right position. So some of these opportunities are super unique and they aren't going to be there then or there's going to be so much more competition for them. So I really caution people, um, yes, take your time, find the right position, but don't take too much time. What are some tips you have for people that might be looking right now to spot red flags with their employers and in general, just trying to find a job besides just going to you (laughs) because everyone should probably just go to you, but yeah, well, we would love that actually. And we've got a lot of opportunities right now. So we would love for people to come to us, but um, no, honestly, I think people should constantly have their eyes and ears open. Even if you're going to take your time and you're going to take the summer and you're going to stay with your kids, keep your eyes on the job market. And if you have, if you're in a specific industry, find a recruiter who works, who specializes in the field you work in. There are recruiters that do different things. There are a lot of recruiters who say they do everything. And you can tell by looking at their website that they might be looking for a dental assistant and they're looking for a um, landscaping, you know, expert. And they're looking for, I mean, it's just all over the board what they're looking for. We're very specific and you can look on our website at thebestworkwithus.com if you want, but I really think you should keep your eyes and ears open. I think you should definitely have your resume ready to go. If you're putting off updating your resume, don't do that. Get it ready. I think you should make sure you have your references ready to go. If you have people that you worked for that you've lost contact with, take this time to reach out and talk to them and ask them if they'll give you a reference. Because we definitely talk to references and we get more than dates of employment. We talk to references and find out what a rock star you are because we want to tell our clients that so we can get you an audience with them. So those are some important things that I would recommend. Now, what would your suggestion be for, say, someone like me who, before I got the job here, I have really, really bad anxiety when it comes to job searching. I just, I, I rarely get anxiety attacks. I would actively, when I was trying to find my first job out of college before I came here, I was having anxiety attacks to the point that I'm like, I just give up. I can't do this. How, how can people, besides the, it's fine. It'll happen. Relax, breathe. My brain doesn't understand that. It, <laughs> it actually knows that, but on the animal level is just panicking. 
<laughs> well, I think that's kind of natural instinct, though. I, a lot of people are super nervous when it comes to a job interview. I, I talk to people a lot. I do a lot of workshops. I talk to classes. I do a radio show. I'm talking to you about this. But I think the best thing you can do is be prepared. And just know, like, when you think about it, what is the worst case scenario? If you mess up and, you, you know, you don't get the job, there's another job out there. But when you think about it, if you do your homework and you know, like, go on the website of the company that you're interviewing for, see what they're all about, research them, see what's in the news, see what's what what their products are, see what's happening lately, you know, see what their industry challenges are. Make yourself prepared because the more prepared you are, the better. And then research the type of position you're applying for. If you're applying for a position in marketing, you know, research that job description, see what's entailed. Think about and make notes about what qualifies you for that position so that you can be confident going in and confident talking about what you bring to the table. And the more you know about the company and their industry, the more prepared you are. Also, I think it's important to look at company culture. You know, you were talking about looking at red flags, but I, I think you want to look for the positives in the company culture, especially now. Companies are really highlighting what they're doing culturally as a result of everything that's happened. And I think that gives you great insight into company's culture. Now, I know before you said you did print ads, you got a fax machine. Yes. You like print. And I found out that you have been running ads in Business Matters since the beginning, I believe. Yeah, I think we were in the first one. <laughs> Why have you kept doing it? Does it work? Yeah, it does work. So for, for top of mind awareness, I, I will always run those print ads in the Butler Business Matters. We do run print ads still in the classifieds when we're doing help wanted ads as well. But we all know a lot of people are looking more online too these days. So we're doing a lot online as well. But I'll always still run print advertising for sure. And we do it all. We run print, we run online, we run radio, TV, everything we can get our hands on. What would your suggestion be to someone who maybe wanted to start their own specialized staffing company? Well, that's <laughs> not you, different name, but they want to do it themselves. Yeah, see, me. They want <laughs> see me. I think Anybody who has a passion for something that is enough, if you're passionate enough about doing something that you're willing to risk what you have to do it, because I think about that and I think, okay, if I was willing to risk everything to do this because I really liked it. I loved being able to put people in a position, see them succeed, see them be happy with me because I did it you know, see the customer come back. I was passionate about that. And I was passionate enough that I was willing to give up something to do it. And I think if you have that passion in your heart for something that you're willing to give up what you, you know, that paycheck that you're earning from somebody else to do it, and you have that support system to do it, then I highly recommend it. 
It's not for the squeamish though, because I started my business in 97. So I can tell you that we were doing really, 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 really well. 97, 98, 99, 2000, then 2001 hit and the bottom fell out. And that was super scary. But we rebounded, you know, by 2003, we had actually a 728% growth over 2001 as a result. Because when the economy is recovering, we get very busy with contract assignments. Companies are hesitant to commit to hiring people directly. So they'll bring on temps and they'll keep them as temps until business sustains and then they'll hire them on permanently. Well, so this is a great way to get your foot in the door to a company, but it's also a great way for a company to bring people on as needed. And then, you know, when business is strong enough, go ahead and hire them on. And in fact, in 2003, we were, we were what, the 22nd fastest growing privately held company in the Pittsburgh region because of exactly that with a 728% growth rate. I say that if you're passionate enough, you'll get through those tough times. 2008 was the next one. 2008 was horrible. I had to sit down with those five people that I work with and explain to them that I don't know, I don't know where business is coming from. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, I had to explain that to them and I had to level with them and be completely transparent about it. I didn't lose anybody, but we all sacrificed. And in 2009, we did so well that we all, we all got bonuses that made up for what we lost in 2008. So again, you have to, you really have to be willing to take those risks. And believe me, I mean, we risk it all. Business owners risk it all. We have everything on the line, you know? So, but if you're, but if you're passionate enough about what you're doing, then that risk isn't as scary. And the other thing I would tell somebody is don't forget to focus on your passion. So I like recruiting. I like placing people in jobs and seeing them succeed. I hired recruiters as I grew. So I took what I was passionate about out of my own day-to-day job. I started working on business development. I started working on strategy. I started working on vision. Those were things that I really never even thought of when I started a business. I just liked recruiting. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I have other recruiters and I don't recruit anymore. What happened? But it worked out. Now, are you happy to not be recruiting anymore? Do you kind of sometimes sneak in and be like, nope, I got this person. I'll place them. Sometimes I still do sneak in and it's funny because I still get that like adrenaline rush when I do it. Um, And it's so funny because I love to do it and show my team that I still can, you know, but, um, but I do. Exactly. I enjoy the business development part. And while I never was a numbers person, I really do enjoy like now being able to look at it as a business and see how when you tweak how you do something, it makes a difference somewhere else. And it, it is very interesting to me to run a business. Although, again, I, I really do love that recruiting. <laughs> now, let's move over to a section of the podcast I call rapid fire. So you can answer these as quickly or not as quickly as you want. <laughs> it's just the same set of questions that I ask everyone. So if someone is listening to all these episodes, they hear different business owners, and entrepreneurs state the similar answers or different answers just to see 
who they align with. So the first question is, what is the best piece of advice you could give to your younger self? <laughs> I would say wear a helmet, but that probably... <laughs> Context? <laughs> no, I have some crazy hobbies and I take a lot of risks. So I would say wear a helmet. But no, I would say, I would have to say stay focused. Stay focused and don't lose sight of, of you know, what you started this for in the first place. Now, I did end up asking this next question in the podcast, which was why Butler County? Why Butler? Um, so we can probably skip that one unless there's something else you want to add. No, really, it was it was cost effective at first, but then it really became my home. What is the best money you have ever spent business wise? Besides the fax machine, which your mom bought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I would have to say uh, hiring my internal staff for sure. My um, my first hire, I was afraid to because I really wasn't making a lot of money. And then, you know, there's that saying, you have to spend money to make money. And I did. And every time I hired somebody, it was money well spent. Who's influenced you the most? This can be business, personal, doesn't matter. I want to say my dad. How so? He taught me to be fearless. He was a stunt car driver. He used to, <laughs> if you, okay, you could have led with that. <laughs> if, if you Google the Ford tournament of thrills, you will see a crazy, crazy video. And it's, it's a, it's a show. He used to travel the country and he used to roll cars over. He used to drive them through flaming hoops. He used to, um, be in like demolition derbies and he was absolutely crazy and i got my i got my nature from him i'm i'm absolutely fearless oh my gosh i feel like that has to be genetic at that point goodness <laughs> gracious so does the rest of my family <laughs> <laughs> so what is your morning routine or does if your morning routine is the thing that helps prep you for the day cuz like me i'm like ah oh, maybe i do something maybe i don't yeah no i do have a morning routine i always make sure that i'm up early super early i get up around 4 or 4:30 in the morning wow i know <laughs> i know and i have to have a really really good quality cup of coffee and I get it at Cummings just so you know I'll be I was waiting for that yeah yep. I, I get my main street roast from Cummings whole bean so I grind it it's it's that it's my routine and I I spend probably a good half an hour just having that cup of coffee and I listen to some material and then I meditate a little bit and I get myself in a positive frame of mind. Sometimes I work out in the morning, sometimes I don't, but I work out every day. I do have a fitness routine and then I'm ready for the day. And my team, we meet every morning at 8.40 and that is part of the routine. And it's at 8.40 for a reason. 8.30, 8.45, 9 o'clock people forget, but nobody forgets 8.40. We are always on time for that meeting. <laughs> what is something you are trying to learn right now? How to, and it, it can be personal, right? Yeah, personal business doesn't matter. Yeah, to be a better kickboxer. Like I kickbox, but I'm really not good with the kicking. I'm good with the punching, but not the kicking. So I'm, I'm trying to get better at that. Why'd you get into kickboxing? It was just another way to get some exercise. I, I run, I cycle, I, I work out with 
resistance. And I just thought kickboxing would be fun. And it really is fun. I will never forget the day I earned my gloves. So I got my instructor ordered my gloves and I finally got them. And I was so super excited to have them. And I came home that night and I was, I was like walking through the house throwing punches because I was so excited. And my husband, he was sitting there, he was watching me. Well, I have a Jack Russell terrorist dog and he happened to jump up right as I threw a jab and I clocked him. <laughs> now, don't anybody worry. No dogs were harmed in the process, but Otto definitely does when he sees those gloves come out. He <laughs> he goes the other way. No. Yeah, I'm trying to learn how my high kicks. My gosh. I've been looking to maybe pick up some type of martial art. Mm-hmm. And boxing or kickboxing was one of them. So good to know, don't do it around dogs. I highly recommend kickboxing and definitely not around dogs that can jump up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Now, last question. What is something that money couldn't buy? Or what is the thing that money couldn't buy for you? Peace of mind. How so? Just peace of mind. Being comfortable. I don't even know if peace of mind was the right answer. You can edit that out. I don't want to say happiness because that's so cliche, but I I want to say um, peace, peace. Money can't buy peace. You're either at peace with what you're doing and you're at peace with yourself or you're not. And money can't, no matter what you do, money can't help that. Well, I'm definitely not cutting that out because that was a very organic way of getting to that I, think I guess yeah. I, well I don't the person <laughs> that I have to hear myself think out loud to come up with answers I don't know how many uh, people that work for me I'll call them and I'll say do you have a second I need to brainstorm and I really need to hear myself say things to get to the answers <laughs> I'm the same way I I might do it around people and they, it probably bugs them but I'll talk through stuff walking around my house mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's really hard to process. Well, and you need to be careful when you do that. If you start to surround yourself with a lot of people who it's their job to execute your ideas, what happens is I'll be thinking out loud and somebody will hear me and they'll do it. And it didn't mean that I wanted it done. I was just thinking about it. And I don't know how many times, especially Paula, who again is my right hand, I'll say something brains. I have to preface it by saying, look, I'm just brainstorming. So don't act on any of this. Just today, as a matter of fact, um, we are, uh, we're, we're, we're sponsoring Butler Health System has a golf outing and we're sponsoring, you know, one of the, we're, we're sponsoring an ad. And so she emailed me today and she said, you know, what do you want to do for the ad? And so I threw an idea out at her and I, I just put, you know, thoughts. And then that was my idea right before we got on this podcast. She sent me like, she did it, you know, and she, she did it in publisher. <laughs> and, and I was, I was just brainstorming. I, I didn't mean for her to do it, but it did turn out good. So we'll probably use it. <laughs> <laughs> she knows you too well. I know, but like, I really had to be careful when we were all in the office because people would hear me talking and they'd do it. I had to remember that people could hear me and they might actually act on <laughs> my thoughts. So working remote is actually a really good benefit for you. It's a good thing in that regard, for sure. (laughs) Well, I think this was a fantastic interview. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I know you are very busy. Yeah, well, this was fun. It was a good, um, it was kind of a nice relief. 
<laughs> Yay, that's <laughs> what I try to do. Is there anything you want to let people know about? Anything we didn't cover? Where they can find you? Yeah. Anything like that? I'm always happy to give our contact information because people, actually people can, there's a link on our website. Our website is thebestworkwithus.com, but there's a link on our website called myspecializedcareer.com. And it's a resource for job seekers. They can go on there and there's like a resume template. There are videos. There, there's a monthly video on like how to prepare for an interview, how to write a cover letter, different topics for if you are a job seeker. And there are a lot of really cool things on that site. So if you, you know, if you are looking for work, visit that site. You can certainly take a look at the opportunities we have. We're pretty specific to the North Pittsburgh region, corporate operations type positions. But, you know, take a look. And again, the best way to reach us is at that website. Like I said, super fun, super insightful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Business. I hope you found some value in it and you can take some of the information that we discussed and apply it to your own life, your own business, your own recruiting, your own job search. And if you're interested in reaching out to specialized staffing or you want to check out some of the free resources that she brought up during the episode, make sure to go into the show notes. There will be links below for whatever you're looking for. And if you're interested in being on the show, you think you or your business has a unique, fun story, please reach out to the podcast at podcast at Thanks for listening. Have a great day.